0: Well, friends, welcome to another episode of the Billy Walker Experience. My apologies for missing out on episode 21, which is today. That should have been on Monday, and then we should have had a follow-up on Wednesday. But as luck would have it, there was too much stuff happening in the world of life. So I was unable to make it. And here we are, a couple hours before game three. Uh, Oilers are down 2 nothing at the Avalanche. I'm not sure where we're headed. I'm not sure what's going to happen tonight. But, woo. Uh, Things are looking a little grim. Trevor, I know you were texting me on during game two. Uh, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, how are you feeling today? Actually, before we get there, man, I'm loving that jersey
1: you're rocking. You like that? Oh, the Mighty yeah. Ducks of old? That's wicked. A little bit of classic running the uh, the old 21, Dean Portman, uh, the old tough yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Listen, <laughs> that looks
0: awesome. I got to get myself one of them. Absolutely. All right, man. I don't want to sidetrack too much, but uh, heading into game three.
1: How are you feeling about things today? Um, Well, I haven't checked to see if there's any lineup changes or anything major happening um, that I think needed to happen before this game. Um, Like I said, I I haven't checked Twitter too much this morning to see if there's anything done, but I think things need to be done. If I see a couple lineup changes, I'll feel a lot better about today. Uh, But if we're sticking with the exact what we've got going on right now, um, I'm feeling a little nervous. Yeah. Um, just because we're we're not really matching their speed, we're not matching what they've been putting out. But I'm holding out hope, holding yeah. out hope. What kind of lineup changes are you thinking? Well, I'm I'm hoping that we can get a little bit better on the defensive end. Maybe putting Chris Russell for Nurse because Nurse obviously needs a rest of some kind or just needs to play a little bit less minutes. Um, so I'm hoping maybe a little bit of a change up on defense. Maybe if we have somebody faster to put on D. Um, maybe to help out Duncan Keith a little bit because that poor guy is having a hard time dealing with that, uh, with the avalanche of speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. We need to change up something on our on our depth. If that means bringing in somebody with no experience to get in and play a couple games, I mean, Colorado did it with Kale McCarr and look how he turned out, right? So um, I think we just need to change something up because what we did in Game One and Game Two were identical and it sucked both times.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there's going to be a lineup change. Obviously, with Yamel hurt, I don't think he's playing tonight. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about it, but uh, yeah. let's let's say that he's not. I think the Oilers have got to go back to their 11 and seven deployment. Bring in the cowboy. Put Chris Russell as the number seven defenseman. Um, put somebody who's willing to block a shot. Because at this point in the game, I don't think you can afford to have Darnell Nurse blocking too many shots. No. Whatever's happening with him, whether it's injury, whatever it is, he is hurting them more than he's helping them. So. I would like to see Brett Kulak jump up to the top pair with Cody CC. When Darnell Nurse was suspended versus LA, Kulak was phenomenal. He stepped up and he played a great game. And those two guys defensively were phenomenal, I thought. Yeah. Um, completely different kind of, of team with the Avalanche than it was against the Kings. But I think that is a starting point. I would like to see that throw Nurse back down in the third pairing with Barry. Um, Barry can still get deployed on power play, but you're going to kind of limit his exposure in his minutes. And if you have to sit him for a shift while you put Russell up there with, with, uh, Tyson Barry, that's gotta be a decent starting point, but I, I feel like 11 and seven, they've got to get back to what's been working for them in the regular season. And even in some of the games in the postseason. but I think 11 and seven would be a great start for me so far. Yeah. The, uh, I really thought after Mike Smith showing in game one, um, they should have went with Miko Koskin. And like, yeah, the team didn't help out a lot in game two. But the benefit of what we got to see in game one, and of course, we haven't been able to dissect everything that happened for those two games yet. So we'll touch on game one a little bit, a little bit more in game two. But game one, the Oilers were in it. And the difference maker, which we haven't said this very often for Miko Koskin, it was Miko Koskin. And like when he came mm-hmm. into the game, he saved the game for them. He allowed yeah. them to get back in it. They almost, they damn near tied at 7-6 going into the third period. You know, obviously they pull the goalie and, and uh, or sorry, to close up the third period and they get an empty netter. But Miko was a difference maker and I thought they should have rode him into game two because he actually had a lot of game going in that game. And maybe I'm just out to lunch, but I thought they should have started there.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think you can you can fight and battle on each side of that, right? Like we've, we've seen it in the past where Smith has a shaky game one. And then game two, three, four, five, you know, continuing on, he has a way better outing, which um, I don't want to harp on him too much for game two, because yeah, he let in. I mean, like we said, when it rains it pours, when you let in one goal or we score a goal, we let one in within 30 seconds, almost every time time. Like it's just, you got to, we have to get out of that mindset and, and shake those nerves off because if it wasn't for those quick back to back back goals I mean, Smith was still decent throughout the rest of the game. He still held him in there. We just couldn't get a damn goal. So, I mean, the the first period was good. Second, um, which which game am I thinking of here? This is game two. Yeah, that was game two. And then, I mean, we're just we're not helping. We're we're giving up way too many opportunities with Colorado speed mm-hmm. and too many odd man rushes. And it's um, I I really I really don't know. I I mean, Koskinen. To start a game, I, I I don't I don't know, I don't know. The thing is with Mike Smith, and I,
0: I agree with you. We can't harp on him too much because you, you you love him or hate him, right? There's so many great things he can do, and there's so many things that he intangibles that he brings to the team. And I know they believe in their goaltending, so I'm, I'm not going to say a whole lot about that part. But he had a 900 save percentage against uh, the Avalanche in Game Two. It's, it wasn't the fact that they lost 4 nothing, which was entirely reminiscent of game four against the Kings when they lost 4 nothing as well. But he had a 900 save percentage, which is decent, but it was the fact that he let in three goals on three consecutive shots. And there was a lot of turnovers. And there was a lot of misreads in that. Like The Colorado Avalanche had so many high danger scoring chances right in front of the net, and the Oilers had next to none, which was a bit concerning, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of the defensive play. Um but in the last three games, Mike Smith has an 850 save percentage and a 4.66 goals against average in the last three games. And that's to close out, uh, that's to close out the Flames and then the first two against the Avalanche. Like, that's not going to cut it. Mm. So, I mean, you have to have a ton of faith in him to move forward, right? But
1: is it misplaced faith, do you think? I, I don't think so. I think we've we've seen it before with Mike Smith and we're going to see it again. It's not going to be the last time that we're going to have doubts about his abilities, doubts about him starting a game. But I think that it, it's it's all in the mental side with him. He has the skill. He has the ability. He has the awareness. It's just things get in his head early if they get an early goal or if they get back-to-back goals. And this the excitement, I think, um, plays into a big part with him. And I, I don't know why it continues to be like that but I think he deserves a faith I think he deserves a chance and I think he deserves a start tonight to to really showcase that because he did seem very solid in the first period last game and I think if he can play like that again tonight throughout the whole game I think we have a, a, a much better opportunity we just can't let Colorado shake him early because um, another thing that they were doing is they were taking high shots on him making him duck Um, and that's how one of the goals was scored is he literally moved his head away from the shot and it went in, which I get it. Like I was a goalie at some point in my life, I would flinch at shots too. But at the same time, when you move your head and the puck goes past your head and in, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man, I don't know. I'm just being the devil's advocate. Like I I definitely think (sighs) they
0: need to go back to him, but, uh, it's just, there's something about his game in the last two series where those shots, like you hold your breath every time they shoot on net Cause you're like, wow, is this going in, in or is this not? Mm-hmm. And that, that's how we felt about Miko Koskinen. And for the last four
1: years of him playing in the regular season, like, is he going to yeah. make a save or isn't he? Yeah. Um, I find he's more like more hot and cold than Mike Smith is too though. Right. You know what I mean? Like he'll be at like when he came in in game one, he, he was playing and I was just staring at him like, Holy shit. Like he's playing lights out, but we saw that in the regular season. He would have a showing like that and then the next game he would let in 14 goals in six in six shots somewhere. Well, there was a stretch like, he
0: played in the regular season though where he was solid. Like the heat, for about a good 10 12 games he was solid and that's what they needed because they could bounce back between Mike and and Koskinen and they had no mm-hmm. problems in net. Yeah. But I mean right now when you looked at I think what the uh before game 2 they showed that uh Frank save percentage in the playoffs was like 800 or 888 or something like that. It wasn't it wasn't very high. Mm-hmm. So it gave me a little bit of hope that the others still had a chance but man like Colorado, let's give them some credit. Like they're a big, fast, strong team. And aggressive. when they when they play, they play with purpose. And exactly, I was just gonna say that they're an aggressive team and they capitalize on all the Oilers' mistakes. Mm-hmm. And fuck, like too many mistakes. So yeah. I, I tried to wrap my head around what could be causing some of this stuff with the issues. Like when I say they looked like they did in game four against the Kings, they looked slow and they looked tired. So what is it? is it playoff fatigue that they haven't, you know, it's only their second year in the playoffs and they haven't had the experience. Is it, is it the elevation? Like, I, I mean, find an excuse to give these guys, but what is it that's yeah. happening that they just couldn't find any
1: mojo? Yeah. I, I was It's funny. I made that joke when we were watching game one as well, how, how slow and sluggish they looked. And I was like, ah, it's gotta be Denver. It's gotta be that elevation difference. But at the same time, like these guys are trained athletes Professional athletes that are paid millions of dollars to stay in good shape and to have that conditioning. Colorado's they're in the playoffs too. You can't say, well, the Oilers are tired because Colorado's probably a little tired too, but maybe they're just showing a bit more hunger. I, I don't know what it is, but like you said, you the the Oilers just looked absolutely sluggish, like they got cement in their in their skates. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I don't know if it, it's it's gotta be they just weren't ready and prepared for Colorado's speed. I think that's what it comes down to is because they're consistently chasing. They're always, always chasing. They've got this, they give up the puck. They give up in, in the neutral zone a lot of the time. And then they're always chasing back and then they dump and they're chasing back and it's just, they're not prepared for their speed. And I think that's what it comes down to is is Colorado's explosive speed. As soon as they touch the puck that the Oilers just aren't used to. And yeah. our defensive our defensive core is not used to that as well because we're they're always having to turn around and skate forwards instead of, you know, doing their their skating yeah. backwards to defend.
0: Yeah, they're not really fleet of foot those guys on the back end, are they? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Duncan Keith so, is not
1: that fast, and he's, he's not. That no guy. nervous Nurse,
0: whatever's happening, he's he hasn't been all that great either. But I, that's what yeah. I said, like, I think Kulak can go up to the top. He's been a like, he's been solid for them the, these first two games. Yeah. I was looking at the uh, the plus minuses for them uh game one kulak was plus two game two kulak was even uh game one nurse was minus one and he was minus two in game two keith was minus two in game one and, and he was even on game two so i mean obviously when you've got eight goals against so you're going to have a few people that are going to be in, in the minus column but and a four nothing le- win for the for the Avs, like they did okay but i mean it's it's really clear that they're trying to exploit a lot of the issues that the oilers are facing right now and that's the number mm-hmm. one thing i think right now is 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 defense, but let, let's flip the script now and, and look at the offense, man. Um, I thought that game one or game two, period one, they played a really good game, probably by far the best team five on five in that, in that first period, but then penalties, man, penalties mm-hmm. got them in the trouble. And I don't know if it's that they thought again, this isn't Calgary, right? Like this isn't Calgary. They, they did what, how many penalties did they kill off? Like three or four? So they did a good job, but it's the constant pressure that the the abs are able to put on that you mm-hmm. blink and you miss it, and then they blinked too many times, and then the the abs just turned over and capitalized, and you end up with a four nothing win, and Frank Koz is, you know, has a shutout in game two, and now you head back to Edmonton. But what kind of things are you looking for from the Edmonton Oilers tonight as they head home for game three? Score
1: some goddamn goals. Like I I understand, like the great one said it best: defense wins a cup. But unless you're scoring goals, you're not going to be, you know, <laughs> you have to have that happy medium. So we need some goals out of these guys. Like they've, we had an opportunity. Like Frank, who has been like, he was amazing. He played very, very good. And I don't know if it's something that's, um, that's in the guy's head, that he's a right-hand glove. That definitely plays a part because they're trying to make moves where typically they would have a stick on this side, or typically they'd have the glove on that side. Mm-hmm. And it like that, the with Darnell Nurse, that opportunity that he had coming up on the left hand side, he it just seemed like he wasn't expecting that poke check to come out like that because of the opposite sides of things, and I I don't know I. But what's wrong with shooting, man? Like, between him and Cassie, oh like they God. had they had golden opportunities I'm, to shoot. Listen the fuck- here, if we're talking about shooting, we got to talk about Warren Goddamn Fogle. That man, I have wanted to throw my remote at the TV more times because of that guy's offense. So there's two times that I can remember specifically that he is wide open, nobody between him and the goaltender. And he has a perfect opportunity to set up and take a good shot. And he fucking passes it away. I, like, last game, I was so mad. He was wide open, and he just, his head was down the whole time and goes for behind the back, or, like, scoop and it out. And it around the defenseman. Yeah, sweeps it around yeah. and gives the puck away. Yeah. And it's like, man, think lift your fucking head, look around. Like you had nobody between you and Frank Kuz and you pass it away. Yeah. Like he has pissed me off so much because he's just making the passes instead of taking the shots. And that is just the continuation of what the Oilers have been doing all season long and all playoffs long is nobody shoots the fucking puck. They're all looking for the highlight pass cross crease to try and somehow hope that somebody is there to tip it in. Mm -hmm. it's just fucking embarrassing how many times we're giving away these shooting opportunities man I love the passion coming out of you today this is awesome this (laughs) is kind of what I was hoping for (laughs) yeah the letter Kenny when the coach comes in and kicks the garbage can all the time fucking embarrassing (laughs) this is fucking embarrassing (laughs) it is and you'll never hear Jay Woodcroft say that but I mean the
0: rest of us can scream at the TV Yeah, like I don't those two those two shots I don't know what it is with the with Zach Cassie and trying to pull the old fucking Peter Forsberg move like just shoot the fucking puck. Like you don't get yeah. paid the, the dollars that you do to to come in there and try to dangle. Like yeah. You're not a whoopty doodler. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're more of a whoopty doo right now. Like just yeah. shoot the pill. Shoot <laughs> it on that. Yeah. And with I mean, I was reading today that uh Zach Cassian was in top six uniform or right, yeah. the practice today.
1: So is that Jesus? Is that mind games or is he going up uh, to the top line? Like what's happening? Honestly, I could I because we did the same shit two games in a row. I could almost see Jay doing something to completely shake it up, be like, fuck it, what could like what could go wrong? You know, park Cassian's dumb shit in front of the net and just have him there to put in dirty rebounds. Like, that's what I miss about Alex Chaseon. Um, like for the most part, Chase On was a mat player, but that guy in front of the net is what we need because we don't have the guys sitting in front of the net. I find that it's always a rush with one oiler and nobody's there for those juicy rebounds. So I, yeah. if, if Zach is on one of the top two lines, he needs to go where he needs to be. And that's in front of the net to either a draw penalty or B try and tuck home some greasy rebounds, like these nice fancy goals. Um, I mean, Fucking Frank who's is, he's good with his angles. You're not going to get those nice fancy shots off on him. You need somebody to get in there to get these dirty goals in because yeah. that's how we're going to beat Colorado. It's not going to be the fancy plays. It's not going to be a nice, you know, fucking toe drag around a defender. That's not happening. You mm-hmm. need to get the puck on net and get some rebounds because that's the only way that we're going to beat Colorado. Mm-hmm. And it's so, Zach, if he is in fact in the top six tonight, that's where we better see that man all mm-hmm. night is in that fucking crease.
0: Well, that's how they, that's how they came back in game one. It was greasy, gritty goals, right? Like there yeah. was a lot of them, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, they had to fight through, they had to fight yeah. through the defense. They had to get those loose pucks and bang them in. Pully Harvey's got to do that a little bit more of that. Like he hasn't been bad, but he does a lot of flybys, right? Where he just mm-hmm. kind of like circles the zone and then skates back or he'll dump it in and there's no one there. And then he yeah. skates back. I mean, his fucking bonehead play on the too many men penalty yeah. Why he gr- decided to grab that and stick handle that. I'm yeah. glad that they
1: put him in the box to serve the penalty. Cause I'm like, man, you just got to give your head a shake. I yeah. just think he, you- he's also another one that needs to battle in front mm-hmm. too. He needs mm-hmm. to be like Zach casting too. Cause like, yeah, he's got the skill, but he's not, he's not, it hasn't worked yet. Yeah. His skill has not worked. The only time he had a good opportunity is when the puck flipped over the net to him and he scored that goal or, you know, or no, like he, got that rebound. Oh yeah. Cause even last game he had one where he shot it high.
0: It was a yeah. bit of a bouncing puck. Like it, it's hard to blame him for it because it was, yeah. It oh yeah. No, I'm shot. not
1: going to, I'm not going to blame him for that one at all. But what he, he needs to use his size and strength because he's, he hasn't been, yeah. it's almost like he's a big boy, but there's a little boy inside him that doesn't, doesn't know that he's big. Still. You know, yeah. he's, a, he's a fucking big body. So yeah. use it. Yeah, Like, I don't know, I don't know what has to happen, but he did that a
0: lot against Calgary in game four and five. Like he stepped up and started throwing the body around, which was nice to see, which he's got to do do. the same thing now. But the problem is though, when you pinch on the avalanche, if you get out of position and they come back, like, Oh, you're, it seems like they have an odd man (laughs) rush, like 65 to 75% of the time they're on an odd man rush going the other way. Yeah. And man, their defense, like their whole team and they have like their sticks are everywhere. You know oh, yeah. you can't even on the power play this the cross ice seam pass that they try to do all the time that gets tipped away. I don't know why they're not shooting from the point more. Like mm-hmm. even if you crack a couple ankles, fucking fire that puck
1: from the point. Get Bouchard yeah. and get get Barry up there and just hammer the hammer the yeah. puck. Man. well then because you're gonna have Colorado players trying to block shots and you're gonna have like I'm I don't like like with Burakovsky he blocked a shot he's out. Mm -hmm. You know, like players are going to be trying to block shots. They're going to be getting worn down. They're not going to be wanting to stand in front of some of these bombs. The more they get them off the shin pads, they're going to be giving some space. They might, they might give some angles. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Just get, well, here's a perfect example
0: is the Oilers were uh, in game one. The Oilers offense was pushing heavy. Right. And then what ended up happening is. Avalanche put the body to them in game two. Every time Leon or Kane or McDavid got the puck and they were going up to try to find their seam, you see an Avalanche player skate towards him. What do they do? They fucking dump it. Yeah. Like Connor McDavid's dumping pucks because he's scared of getting hit. Dumping, no chase.
1: Yeah, and there's so nobody. I, I, there's nobody in the back end to go after. Talk, it. Talking about getting hit, Colorado is throwing body. Mm-hmm. Oilers, we have size, we have strength. We're not fucking hitting. Connor McDavid had more hits than how many of our players in the last how many games mm-hmm. like Connor McDavid should not be the one piling up the hits in these games. It doesn't matter how many minutes he's playing compared to some of these other guys. These other guys are getting paid to be strong, paid to be aggressive and nobody is throwing a goddamn hit. It seems like I, I, I don't know what it is, but we're just absorbing hits rather than throwing them. And well, the hits were 35 to 32 in, in favor of the avalanche last game it didn't seem like it. It seemed like we were completely getting torn apart and it seemed like game one and game two were both the same is that we're not hitting. So yeah. I don't know what they're counting as hits. If they're just rubbing them against the boards and they're counting that as a hit, but it just yeah. seemed like our hitting was not there. So they're, well, they're it wasn't us down. really.
0: And then the, like, you know, normally when you see a team like the others have, have been progressively getting better at face-offs, but they were 34 to 28 in the faceoff circle last game, which was pretty good. But here's the killer, man. They had 14 penalty minutes to six, against the avalanche Mm -hmm. and that's a huge that's a difference maker right there
1: yeah well it's just stupid penalties stupid stupid penalties like zach cassian that was the dumbest shit like so that's the part that i'm i'm torn about is yeah we need to make a change we need somebody to get some fucking fire under them but to give cassian a top six jersey after doing a boneheaded move like he did the other night it's just like oh my god like you're- I thought actually, I, I'll,
0: I'm going to say right now, I, I disagree. I thought that was an actually, I thought it was a good penalty to take because then it puts you on four on four. And then at least you can deploy Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and four on four on four and try to get some opportunities. The problem mm-hmm. with with that entire scenario was that the Oilers were already playing like shit to begin with and it didn't yeah. get them any kind of energy or any kind of urgency at all. Like it it, yeah. it was kind of a mood point. Like, yeah, he takes a stupid penalty, whatever but at least it was evened up with uh, with the other side and yeah. four on four, nothing happened. Like, it was just. Yeah.
1: Like, when when you're saying earlier, and it's going to kind of touch on the four on four, is when they're five on five and they're trying to do all these passes, like, it just, it always seemed through the entire game, like it was six on five with Colorado. Like, they're everywhere. They're swarming players. They're on the puck. Like, it always seemed like there was an extra player out there. And it's just like, what are they doing that were not that it makes it seem like they always have a man advantage. Like it just seemed like so many times that we would have possession in their zone and they would just completely swarm us, get the puck, turn it over. And they're back to our zone. Cause I
0: think their positioning is really good. Oh, like it, is. of all the things that they're doing, like we, game one was like, holy shit, these guys are fast. Game two was like, wow, can they ever shut Connor and Leon down? And I just think their yeah. positioning is really good. Like the way that they set up, when you're coming across the neutral zone, first, you got to get through. And then after that, there's 2 Their they're two D men play high and they're, they're turning the puck over all. I mean, fuck the Oilers aren't helping themselves any by turning mm-hmm. the puck over as much as they are, but uh, they just have really good positioning. And like you said before, they're fucking aggressive. So anytime you're coming in the neutral zone, they're there. And it's like, you got to dump and you got to chase, but you're dumping and then you're just changing. Yeah. And I mean, really, that's, that's all you're seeing with them right now. So if they go 11 and 7 I'm I'm thinking I don't think you're going to bring Broberg up. I still don't think it's a, the right opportunity to bring Holloway in and expect him to play some decent minutes cuz then you got to take somebody else out. And who is that person going to be cuz for as, as little as Archibald's done when you put him in in the game and he can throw a couple hits, he's serving his purpose. That's
1: yeah. That's that's why like I've I was I've been checking Twitter and it's always like Cassian and Archibald trending together and it's always you know why is Cassian and Archibald playing these games blah 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 but it's like Archie seems like when he's out there, he's serving his purpose. He's he's making the hits. He's playing aggressive. He's got speed. It's just he's not being given any kind of scoring opportunities. Like, he's had a couple, mm-hmm. but really, he's not getting many opportunities because who he's playing with. But I love his play style because he's just aggressive. He's yeah. out there trying to bang bodies. He's out there. It seemed to me in game one, um, it seemed like he and the fourth line were better than Colorado's fourth line. And I just, I felt like our depth was, was better. It seemed like, and maybe it's just because they didn't have fucking, maybe they didn't have McCarr out there. They didn't have McKinnon. They didn't have those guys out there, but it just seemed like our depth was better than their depth. And we had more opportunities with our fourth, third and fourth lines out there than Colorado did. But maybe that was just me. Maybe I was drunk. I don't, I don't know, but it just seemed like our fourth was better than their fourth. Are you talking and about game one or game two? Game one. And I, I don't know, for for some reason, I just thought that we had an opportunity for our fourth line to to make the difference for us that game. But we just didn't get any scoring opportunities. Well, they to... were able
0: to play the cycle in game one a lot. Like when they were in the mm-hmm. O-Zone, they cycled the puck a lot. They had quite a few opportunities yeah. where they had... Um... <sighs> Like, in, like there was a lot of minutes played in the offensive zone, just cycling the puck around. And that's the Oilers' style of game. Cycle the puck, find an open shot, and take it. But game two, they didn't really have a lot of mojo. Like first period, yeah, they did a little bit of that. But it almost was like second period, the air was out of the building. Like they just yeah. they had nothing left to give. And, and maybe that is that they were tired. Maybe it's that they were – Colorado adjusted so well after game one that they just had no answer for them in game two. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a good, skilled team who's making adjustments on the fly, and I have no doubt that Edmonton's going to come out tonight and do the same thing. They're going to make the proper adjustments to try to make a difference in this game. But let's get into this. Who is or what is your X factor for Game Three tonight?
1: Oh shit! Um, well, you know what? I'm going to say this. Or give me, me one you... of each.
0: Give me one. Give me a player, and give me another X factor that has the Oilers have to do tonight to win. <clears throat>
1: So I'm going to say the player, if we talked about him already before X factor, let's say Zach Cassian, because if he's wearing a top six Jersey, maybe it's a mind game thing. Maybe it's not, but if he's wearing a white Jersey or if he's wearing the top six Jersey, he's got to be a difference maker tonight. Then if this is what's going on, if, if he's going to redeem himself from his shitty plays, his shitty shots, his shitty shifts, his cement mitts and his cement skates, that's got to be the X factor player. If it's just aggression, if it's just sitting in front of the net, blocking, blocking the visions, um, he needs to do something if he's going to help this team at all. Mm-hmm. And hopefully when you see Zach, when you see Cassian trending on Twitter by the end of the night, hopefully it's for a more positive reason than, than the past, how many games mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a player that's going to have to step up a little bit more and use You know, I don't like to reach back to fucking 2017, but when he played in the playoffs in 2017, that was was the fucking Zach Cassian we loved because he was doing all the right things. He was playing his play style. Mm -hmm. And last year it was like, we're making excuses. Well, I was anyways, Of you know, he's not playing his regular self because he plays with the crowd energy. Well, fuck, we haven't seen that all, all playoffs this year. Mm -hmm. So, or all year at all. So I think Zach needs to really do something. If he's wearing a top six Jersey today, he needs to fucking do something. And what the Oilers need to do for an X factor to make a change is they need to, I think they just need to be more aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, They need to be more aggressive to take away those opportunities. The amount of times that you could see a D man lining up one of the forwards for a hit, and then they just try and play the puck. They get danced around and they, we get fucking scored on. Lay the body. They need to start hitting and wearing these players down. Take the shots from the point. Wear them down. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how you play more aggressive. Whether, like I said earlier, take the shots from the point. Make them second guess laying down in front of some of these shots after a while because it's going to start to hurt and start to wear them down. Mm-hmm. Just fucking aggression. That's what we need. Yeah, I like it. I, I'm with
0: you on the whole uh, Zach Cassian train. And I think my, my X factor for tonight is going to be Evander Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a couple reasons. One is he needs to be more engaged in the game and stop worrying so much about all the bullshit after the whistle play between the whistles, not after the whistle, he got himself, not into trouble like he did against Calgary, but he just, he's, his nose is around there, which is good. Cause you want to have that grit, but he's got to be more engaged this game. And I think, and again, a guy who's got to stand in front of the net, a guy who's got to take more shots, a guy who has to throw the body a little bit more. He is one player who tonight I think can be a huge different difference maker. I would say Nuge would be second to him that's got to step up tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that they definitely will. I think you're going to see a lot more engagement, especially because the fans at Rogers Place is going to be, they're going to be loud and they're going to be intense and they're going to want this a lot. So, yeah. you know, you're not going to be like the Colorado fans singing fucking songs from some 41 and all this garbage. They're going to be engaged <laughs> in the game. And I think they need that. And I think for, you know, for the opponent's goalie, like Frank, needs to have the fans like mocking him you have to have Mm -hmm. the fans engaged they need to be loud and i think with enough intensity they'll be able to to make a big difference tonight my x factor for the team though is stop taking fucking penalties stop taking Mm -hmm. stupid penalties like engage in the game play between the whistle and just play your game you're at home game three to me they're not out of this at all you lose tonight it's over you need to win this game tonight. You got to just play your game. Let the, let the Colorado Avalanche come at you and, and then just, just very, very nicely and seamlessly just start to pick away at them piece by piece. I don't think it's going to be a 7-1 game. I don't think it's going to be an 8-6 game. It's probably going to finish with like a 3-2 or a 4-3 kind of score because I have no doubt it's going to be close. But those are my two X factors. Evander Kane's got to step up and they got to, as a team. They got to stop taking stupid penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they can do that, you know, Mike Smith. If he can stop the puck tonight and play with a decent save percentage and a decent swagger, he'll be OK. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Oilers tonight. I think it's going to be 4-3. I don't know. I don't think it goes to overtime. I think they'll probably get up early four two and then the Colorado Avalanche make a push to get close. But I don't think they actually cap it off. Four, three Oilers in regulation. What do you got for a score tonight?
1: I got six, four Oilers. I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring because look who we have in net. I hate to say it, but I think it's going to be a couple more goals in net. So I'm going to go six, four uh, with an empty net to finish it off.
0: Excellent. I love it. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to uh, watch the game tonight. Hopefully there's going to be a little bit more uh, joy after, or even in
1: in between the periods. (laughs) Uh, For Christ's sake, Mike Smith, let us enjoy a goal. I'll let us have more than thirty seconds.
0: (laughs) I don't mind walking you off a ledge once in a while, but uh, I don't think we can do this three games in a row. It's going to be way too, way too much. Yeah. Uh, Well, we'll see what happens. That'll do it for another episode of the Billy Wonka Experience. Enjoy game three. Thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, have another episode for you tomorrow. Otherwise, have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow.